your heart's in the right place trying to be respectful then. Well, and I think, you know, if, this, if there was a students of mine that listen to this, you're going to go, really? <laughs> this is V. Like, you're the most direct person we know. Yes, I am. But I always tell people I'm doing it for your benefit because sometimes you need to hear the truth. Some people are not telling you the truth. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need to hear that. So, you know, it's just, I, I'm I'm a realist. I'm, I mean, I know that I am not perfect and I'm not expecting myself to be perfect and I'm not expecting others to be perfect, but I do expect you to try. Motherhood is an honorable and full-time job, but between the dishes and diapers lies a woman with her own hopes and dreams. Here we discuss the woman behind her title mother and the many things that bring joy into her life. I'm your host, Jerrica, and welcome to season three of She Has a Name Too. This season is packed with inspirational stories of women just like you and I. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right, welcome to She Has a Name Too. Um, I am so excited today to have Deb on the podcast. And I actually, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. So I'm just going to take us right into this interview um, so Deb, tell me, who are you when you aren't being called mom? Uh, I'm a teacher at Kitscotty High School, and I have been a teacher for over 30 years. I am a community volunteer. Um, I am also somebody who enjoys cheering for a football team and a hockey team and a basketball team. Um, I'm somebody who likes to be active, so golfing and curling and doing that type of stuff, as well as being out in my own yard. Um, I really enjoy dirt therapy, so getting up to my elbows and garden dirt and planting flowers and planting a garden and harvesting all of that, to me, is part of who I am as well. Mm, I love that. I love that. We all have our own our own way to dig deep into ourselves. and. Yeah. Yeah. And gardening is such a great way to do that. It is. And I think it gives you that opportunity to show your creativity. It gives you Mm -hmm. that opportunity to learn a lot. I mean, you can, you can really go through and and not nurture plants that well, but they still turn out okay if you show them a little (laughs) bit of love. And so it's kind of neat to sort of see what happens when you go through, you take your interests and you just put some extra energy into them to sort of see the fantastic things that happen as a result. So. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's totally applicable to everything and not just gardening. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I am like, I have a black thumb. Like my mom, as you probably know, is like, she has this amazing garden and she always has, always. And I just, I'm like, I don't, I guess that didn't get passed down to me. <laughs> Not yet. There's still time for you to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to start with things that are a little bit hardier so that they, you don't go through and cause them to die off. It's okay. You can yeah, still learn. Yeah. You know, I did have a snake plant last summer. I had one um, and it survived all summer. And I was like, yay. Um, I was so excited. But then we moved from California to Tennessee and I could not take my plant with me. And I was like, devastated because it was the first plant that I actually kept alive for longer than a week. So nice. <laughs> so it's like, I'm getting there. Yeah. But yeah. Well, 
When I was on maternity leave, I think with babe number two, I decided that I would start a lot of my own houseplants just to kind of save some money because we have lots of flower beds around our, our yard. And so I decided to start dracaenas, which are those kind of spiky-like plants that people often put in their pots as stuffers. Oh, yeah. And so I thought, okay, I'll start these things. Well, nothing was coming out of the soil and I'm looking at these things and I'm like, what's going on? Well, I read the package and lo and behold, it takes like weeks for these things to even germinate. And so by the time I got to the end of the first year of my growing season, I had a plant that was about three inches tall and I'm going, the ones in the store I see are like, you know, 12 inches tall. And I'm going, what? And then I read further and they're going, yeah, the ones that you normally purchase are about two years old to three years old. I'm going, okay, now this is a commitment. So I thought, I can't let these things die. So I kept them going and I had one of those original plants. I think I had it for 10 years. By the time I was done and it finally had died, it was like 10 feet tall. It was oh, amazing, wow. but it was like this commitment of like every fall I'd bring it in my heated garage and I make sure I'd water it and give it a little bit of fertilizer. And it was like this baby that I tried to keep alive for a long period of time. So it was kind of a bit of a challenge, but those are kind of fun little challenges to have along the way. So you might want to try one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just awesome. 10 feet tall. Wow. That's amazing. You have me thinking about all the plants that I want to buy with like spring coming. I need greenery. You know, it's just keeping them alive. That's my problem. So which which direction do you guys face? Like which which way does your house face? Um, North, east. Okay, so then you need something that has big leaves. So that's what you oh, want to look for. Okay. Something with big leaves so that they can get the nice morning sun mm. and just kind of get as much sunlight as you can. Uh, so with the bigger leaves, it'll absorb whatever it, it can along the way. So. Okay. Are you looking for ones that you just plant once a year or ones that you can keep from year to year? Oh, I don't know. It depends on if we decide to stay in Tennessee. <laughs> that's my how warm does it that's my biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> how warm does it get there? Really hot. <laughs> um okay. yeah, the summers get like hot and humid and muggy and people have been warning us about the summers, so so is this going to be your first summer in Tennessee? Yes, it is. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're in for a treat. So I'm hoping that we will be able to go up to Canada for a couple of weeks and cool off. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Because like Lloyd and Kid Scotty, like they're nice and cool in the summer. It's nice to be around. So there. will you guys have mosquitoes your way? Oh, yes. Okay. We have not experienced them yet, <laughs> but I've heard that they get pretty nasty, so... We'll see. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to know there's some things that are consistent from one area to the next, you know? Yeah, yeah mosquitoes. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my next question is, which might be a very similar answer to what you've already said, but what brings you joy? For me, I think I've always had um, a focus of serving people. And so whatever I can do, I, I, you know, when you asked me that question and sent that to me, I thought, and I asked my husband, I said, what brings me joy? And he said, really? You don't know? I'm not telling you. And I'm going, oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> but, you know, when I thought about it, it really is about the service of people. And I think I've been very fortunate to have what I consider the best job ever, mm -hmm. where I've had the opportunity to teach 
other people's kids and even my own children for over 30 years. But that's all about the service of people. Mm -hmm. And the number of things that I've been involved in usually have that component to it. So like within our community, um, a few years back, oh, probably about 10 years back, we were really actively involved in building a community hall and a playground. And I was very fortunate to work with a super bunch of people to get and help get those projects done. So for me, I don't have millions to go through and donate. That's not who I am, but I do have time to give. And so if I can give of my time and help serve others, I think that's the thing that brings me the most joy. And even with my own children, um, you know, I'm of Ukrainian descent. And so I firmly believe that Ukrainians show their appreciation or their love in one of two ways. They either feed you or they work for you. And if they do both, you're really loved. (laughs) So for me, um, I I think that's a big part of what brings me joy is the service to others. Mm. So like I said, through my teaching, through being involved in the community, through coaching, that kind of thing, I think that's always kind of been a definition of who I am. And it helps to bring me uh, a smile on my face. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I was just thinking about that today too, about service and how like sometimes as a young mom, you feel like, oh, I don't have time for that. Or maybe someone like I had someone tell me, oh, you don't need to serve. But like that, that was something that brought me joy. And so I I think the joy happens when you go through and serve. And it's kind of like when you give a gift, Mm -hmm. I would sooner give the gift than get a gift. Mm -hmm. Because I think the joy that you get in giving that, I think, is the part that helps to develop who you are as a person, right? And I think even as a mom, whether it is somebody who is just starting out in the adventure of having children, or somebody who is, you know, the kids have moved out of home, Mm -hmm. I think finding that balance that works for you is the critical part of this. Because not everybody can serve to the extent that other people serve. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a matter of being compared to somebody else. I think it's a matter of doing what you can do. Mm -hmm. And if you can do and make your community and give yourself kind of a sense of satisfaction by giving to others, I think that, I think that just helps to fulfill you from the inside. Yeah. Right. So, right. And whether it's like, like in, in the case of, your job being a teacher, or whether it's building a playground or donating millions, if you're, if you have millions to do so, however, you're able to serve, that's, yeah, definitely fulfilling. Yeah, love that. I agree. And I mean, like I said, everybody has different means, Mm -hmm. people have different comfort zones. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I have done is I have catered a lot. Uh, So I'm very fortunate that I've had really good role models in the past who, when it it came to a wedding, all right, well, we're all getting up the hall at, you know, on Friday and we're cooking for the 400 people that are coming the next day. And so I've had, you know, aunts and grandmothers that have gone through and organized this. And at a very young age, I was involved in that. And so the whole idea of coming together as a community to cook for an event was always something that even though it was lots of work, it was always fun because you got a chance to go through and make connections with the generations and just learn so much. So for me, 
going through and once I got into doing more within the community, it started small by doing things like catering a Bonspiel Banquet for our curling club. And then it got to doing things like we have an annual dinner theater here in Kitscotty. And so we have a tremendous group of volunteers that make that happen every year that helps to raise funds for our uh, community hall. And so, I mean, I, like I said, I was very fortunate to work with a great group of people there. Um, my kids have been involved in Ukrainian dance. And so we have a fundraising event where we host 450 people and we do a Ukrainian dinner. And so I've gone through and, and kind of taken the lead on doing the meal on that. So, but once again, the lead is only one person. I'm just very fortunate that I've got great people within this community and within all the organizations that I've worked with that have really been helpful to make that opportunity to serve one that is not just frustrating, but one that you kind of go, cool, we did this together. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's so much better when you can do it together too. I think, especially for moms, like if, if you're a stay at home mom, let's say you you don't get a lot of contact with other people and serving in something like that allows you to get out and network with different adults yeah. <laughs> and have adult conversations while you're doing it. Most definitely. And like I, I take a look at what happened within our community when it comes to our dinner theaters. Um, we generally have four nights that we've done these dinner theaters. And so we have people that volunteer to bring in desserts people that help to volunteer to prep the food we have people that volunteer to help cook the food serve the food so you know in you know two weekends we probably would have two to three hundred volunteers and it is one of those things of you get to make connections with people right and so if you are somebody who is new to the community like i was when i first moved here my husband grew up here but i grew up um, in a community about an hour away from here. So that gave me an opportunity to get to know people. So then when you start with that one organization and then you move to a different one, you have connections. And so, okay, when we're now building a playground and we now need some help with this, okay, that then helps to go through and, you know, you can call on those people and sort of say, hey, can I get a helping hand with this, right? But it, it has to be within your comfort zone, right? So for some people, you're right. Some people feel comfortable writing a check. Some people feel comfortable making a dessert. Some people feel comfortable coming to help and, and just cook and, you know, look forward to just having that time together. So it has to be within your own comfort zone, most definitely. Yeah, totally. Otherwise, it's not going to bring you joy. It's just no. going to be stressful. <laughs> exactly. Because you're going, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? And I, you know, yeah. I always laugh because when I've catered and, you know, you get people that go and ask, okay, well, how do you want this cut? And, you know, whether it be prepping a salad or whatever else. And I go, how would you cut it at home? Well, I do it this way. I said, well, then just do it that way. It's, <laughs> it's perfectly awesome, right? Yeah. But people who know who've worked with me know that there is a <clears throat> side of me, especially when it comes to, when we get to serving the food that, you know, it's just a little bit on the hyper side and just, just like, <laughs> okay, 
we need to have this done and we need to have it done now. So even my own children who have catered with me at times have learned that, yeah, no, there's times we make suggestions to mom and nope, there's other times we don't, we just listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you've, you've been catering for a while or you've been helping with it with family. Um, and you've had, you have a couple other hobbies. You mentioned, um, curling, which is a new one. I've never, I mean, I know people who curl being Canadian, but like on the podcast, you're the first one who said <laughs> curling. Excellent. Um, <laughs> um, and then you mentioned like golfing and gardening too. So I'm wondering, did you like grow up doing these things or did these hobbies kind of happen as you became an adult? Uh, gardening was always something that we did, uh, growing up and it, it was just part of, I, I grew up on a, a mixed, um, farm. So we had milk cows, we had hogs, we had chickens, that type of thing. And so we by no means had tremendous amounts of dollars that were just, you know, flush with cash. So, and you also didn't have the availability of things within the stores as well. So mm -hmm. it was something to do to go through and make sure that your family was fed. So we had a huge garden. We usually had about 500 hills of potatoes. Wow. And the other part of the garden usually had multiple rows of peas and beans and carrots and all of that was stuff that you went through and froze. Um, in addition, we would, you know, if there was berries to be picked like Saskatoons, we'd do that and we'd can that. Mm -hmm. um, we'd pick mushrooms. And so it was all about kind of providing a quality food experience for your family. Really it mm -hmm. was. And so gardening was something that I have always done. Um, as far as golfing and curling, that's something that I did once I got married. And so my husband who grew up here in Kitscotty, he had always golfed and curled and that type of thing. And so um, and I'm not one to usually shy away from a challenge. So once we got married, I'm going, okay, well, I'm either going to be sitting at home, you know, twiddling my thumbs, or I'm going to get out there and start learning this sport. And so that's what I did. And golf was the same way. Um, I'm not one to just kind of sit behind and be a wallflower. So it's like, okay, let's get out there and let's go try and let's go do so. Golfing is probably the one for my husband and myself that we most enjoy in terms of uh, a summer activity. So we'll uh, head to the mountains to go through and go golfing. We'll head to BC to go golfing. Mm -hmm. So that's one for us that I think is just, it's a way for us to decompress and unwind when you're in the job that you're in. So, yeah. 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 yeah and golfing's a great way to unwind. Mm -hmm. Great way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't understand watching golf. <laughs> but I will, I will play golf. <laughs> and I love going to the driving range. That is like my favorite thing is just that's to awesome. go hit balls. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, golf is one of those things that I think that, you know, you know, I think it's, it's always that challenge of you are competing against yourself. Mm -hmm. And I have, when I initially started golfing, yeah, I kept track of my score. I don't anymore. Now it's a happy face, a sad face, and an indifferent face. So, you know, <laughs> if I finish the hole or finish the round and I've got more happy faces on my card by the time I'm done, I'm going, it was a good round. This is good, right? And so, I don't know. I think I've learned as I've gotten older that 
it's not just about the number. It's not just about mm -hmm. the stuff. It's about going through and enjoying the time, right? Because that's really what it's about is the time. So, mm -hmm. yep. That is such a great idea. I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> just <laughs> like, did I have fun? Yes. Okay. We're yeah. good. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and that to me is the key part of, did you have, and I mean, my husband, he's a great golfer and, you know, he'll try and help me. And we've kind of figured out some things that sometimes he helps and sometimes he doesn't and it's okay. And <laughs> sometimes you want help and sometimes you don't. Sometimes I'm just happy golfing where I'm golfing and happy to spend the time with him. And if we get to spend time with our kids, that's super fantastic as we can go through and, and do this activity together. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, you were going to say something about curling right before yes. I so rudely so, cut no, you off. No, it's all good. So <laughs> curling is also another one that I just picked up once um, we basically got married. And um, yeah, our our two boys, like I've got a boy, a girl and a boy, our two boys um, are, they're both very athletic and enjoy lots of sports. Our, our daughter does as well. She's kind of growing in what it is that she appreciates. The funny part is, is that she's kind of picked up some sports and it drives her brothers nuts because of the fact that she'll just get up there and do it. And like, they've been working at this for quite a while, that type of thing. But um, <laughs> our eldest son actually curls quite competitively. And so we've had the opportunity to do some traveling, watching him. So like a couple of years ago, we went to Shawinigan and he was at uh, the junior nationals. And then um, he also got the opportunity to represent Canada at um, the World University at Games in Krasnoyarsk, so in Siberia. Oh, wow. So, wow. yeah, that was kind of cool. So watching your kids is, you know, it's just fun. And, you know, our, our youngest is, he's an avid golfer. He loves basketball, that type of thing. So watching our kids, it didn't matter whether it was our boys or our daughter watching them partake in schools things school activities you know the sports in particular because we like to be um like we're very sports minded so that for us was was awesome lots of fun um i think it's interesting that you like took on some of these hobbies because your husband already liked them mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's a great way to explore new interests um my husband for example loved football well, he loves it. He still does love it. But he loves football. He's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I was like not into football at all when I when we got married. And now I'm the bigger fan. Like I threw our Super Bowl party this year. I was like I was like going and buying balloons and like yeah. I am definitely a bigger fan than he was than he is now, but yeah. you know, you got to you just learn and Hopefully he learns some of my hobbies, you know, yeah. maybe he'll take up shopping or something just, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you kind of, it's a great way to like figure out things that you like, because you never know, you might, you might enjoy what your husband likes to do too. Yep. And you may find out that you have a different reason for wanting to partake in that than mm -hmm. necessarily what he does. Yeah. And so under, like I said, understanding what what and why you do it i mean I, I laugh because last summer my husband and he's since re he's now retired from teaching 
And so he has time in his day to go through and, and plan things, that type of thing. And it was, he had planned our summer holiday and all the golf that we were doing. And I think we were on like round 18, that type of thing. And he turned to me one day as we were driving to the next golf course. And he said, like, do you even like golf? I said, do you think I'd be doing this this long if I didn't like it? <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. After 31 years of marriage, did you think I wouldn't be liking this? Because I think I probably would have told you by now. <laughs> right, right. You would have put up like some sort of fight. Like, okay, look, I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we've worked that out. Like we've got, you know, like I said, we go to uh, the Cranbrook area and we do a lot of golfing mm. in that area beautiful yeah. fantastic golf courses down there yeah. and there's one in particular that is not my favorite and I tell him okay you want to go do that one you go ahead I'm good just supporting the local economy of Cranbrook and doing a little retail <laughs> therapy so we're yeah. good so I have no problem with you going but just don't expect me to come along you know it's yeah because it's just not going to be enjoyable if we go to that course it's just not so if you want to have a better time of your day, just don't take me to that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's all about like being honest with ourselves and like mm -hmm. when you know what is going to bring you happiness and what's going to bring your spouse happiness and your children, like there is a balance where you can say, look, you can have fun doing that. I'm going to have fun doing something else. And I know the kids won't want to do either one. So we're going to get a babysitter or something, yeah. you know, well, like that's exactly right you have to work at that communication so that it's done in a respectful way so that the person doesn't feel like they're you know being lambasted or anything however i think it's important like i said to be willing to try some different things that perhaps you hadn't considered would be things that you would try before right and i think it, i think it goes both ways i think you know i take a look at my husband and i'm there are lots of things that he now is involved in that he wouldn't have done before that he's now going, okay, being part of the Ukrainian family, this is what we're doing. So yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's, it's part of the give and take. Right. And I think, I think, I think that's the biggest thing that I see as being a mom is that there is that give and take. And I think as just not even just being a mom, I think it's whatever role you choose to take, there is always that give and take that you have to kind of figure out that balance, right? As to where, what am I willing to put up with? What am I not willing to put up with? What am I, how am I going to communicate this so that it's not offensive, right? So like, how do you get your point across so that it's, it's a win-win, right? Or that it's not something that people find offensive. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. And sometimes people are gonna be offended regardless. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's it's what you're trying to do though, right? Like if yeah. you if your heart's in the right place trying to be respectful, then Well and I think, you know, this if there was a students of mine that listen to this, you're gonna go, Really? <laughs> this is V. Like you're the most direct person we know. Yes, I am. But I always tell people I'm doing it for your benefit because sometimes you need to hear the truth. Some people are not telling you the truth. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need to hear that. So, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm, I mean, I know that I am not perfect and I'm not expecting myself to be perfect and I'm not expecting others to be perfect, but I do expect you to try. So if you can try your best, I think that's really 
all you can do, right? And cut yourself some slack at times to go through and sort of say, okay, I tried, but I couldn't get any better than this. But if you're not trying your best, then you need to go through and sort of say, okay, what am I, what do I need to do to make this my best effort, right? And in some situations, it's just a smiley face or a frowny face, right? <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it's the indifferent face. Yeah. <laughs> not sure how to read that one. <laughs> just like, well. <laughs> exactly. Okay, you tell me what I should be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so is there any other, I mean, I think you've given some great advice. I think we've had a great conversation about finding out your interests and like figuring out what you like to do and finding joy in your life. Um, is there anything else that you've re- learned recently that you think would be valuable for other moms to know? You know, when you asked me that question, I kind of went through and I, I wrote a couple things down. And I think the first I've mentioned is to cherish that time it, because it goes way too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, as I was going through like little people in my house, <laughs> it sort of seemed like you could never get a hot meal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you always seem to be giving to somebody else. And I know that when I chose to go back to work after baby number three, um, I had a colleague of mine who she was my supervisor and she said Deb you need to start thinking about things from do you get to do this or do you have to do this Mm. and I went she said that that's a change in mindset if you change the wording from I have to do this to I get to do this and so when she said that to me it's like oh okay I know at times it may seem silly to say I get to make supper (laughs) <laughs> and I get to do my kids' laundry, and I get to go, I get to change a diaper. Yeah. But honestly, looking back at somebody who has the age of kids that I have, it is a blink. It truly is. And so, even though at times it may seem like it's a have to moment, sometimes you just need to rephrase it for yourself as a get to moment. And so, that's, you know, that to me comes back to that whole perspective of cherish that time. Because you get to spend kid, you get to spend time with your family, your work, your colleagues. But that's something that you get to do. So it, you know, when you make that choice to to recognize that and change it from I have to do this to I get to do it, it really it just kind of lightens the load. And I think that's just you know one little piece of advice that I'd give. Um, and the other one understand there's no right nor wrong. You just have to make the decision that's right for you. You know, like you and I talked about the fact of, of whether, you know, the decision to go back to work. Should I, shouldn't I? And I told you that it took me until baby number three to figure out what was right for me. And what was right for me wasn't necessarily what was right for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So don't sweat it. Just make it right for you, your family, and just make you happy with that decision. Because there is no right decision. You just have to go through and, and, and say, this is a decision we're making. And sometimes you make the right decision and sometimes you make the decision right. So you just have to go through and sort of say, okay, how are we going to make this work so that it's right for us? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. 
that well <laughs> i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to like write those things on my mirror or something and make that my motto i love so that. you know when you're potty training remember oh, you gosh. get to do this <laughs> now you have to you get to <laughs> i am like really dreading potty training right now <laughs> i'm stressing out about it <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> I have not known any five-year-olds that go to school that are potty trained, so yours will succeed as well. I've yeah. been told that she's pretty bright, so I'm going, okay. Like her aunties think she's pretty smart, so I'm going, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I think you'll be fine. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, I think it's just just having that mindset to sort of say, what do I want, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean – you know, for me, I've kind of, I've, I've grown up with the motto of make a difference. And, you know, I, I think that is just, you have to make a difference in whatever way you can. So if it's making a difference in your community, if it's making a difference in your family, if it's making a difference, you know, where you work, just do what you can do. And like I said, just cut yourself some slack. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and there's people, you know, there's different types of people in this world. You just, you know, and surround yourself with people that make things happen. Because to me, there's people that make it happen. There's people that watch it happen. There's people that say, what happened? Because they weren't paying attention when the ball is going on. And then you have the complainers. But that's okay. You just, you don't worry and spend time on those people. Just surround yourself with people that are going to make it happen for yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you become those people that you hang out with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you totally want to be, yeah. yeah, you want to be hanging out with the right crowd. So, yeah. Right. And your kids, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, who are you when you're not being called a mom? You're, you know, once you become a mom, you're always a mom. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember my mom and she passed away at the age of 76, but uh, I would still love to have conversations with her mm-hmm. to sort of say, okay, I'm now at, 55. What do I expect at this stage of motherhood, right? Because, you know, once you're a mom, you're always a mom. And like I said, it's a matter of, okay, I I get to be at this stage, right? So I get to have a daughter-in-law and I get to have hopefully grandchildren at some point in time, right? So, (laughs) you know, you kind of hope that those are things that all that you get to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was great advice. Thank you so much. Um, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. Well, thank you for for having me on uh, the show. I know that uh, when I talked to Claire, she said, would you consider doing this? And I'm going, well, I said, if it's just going to be a conversation, I can talk to anybody. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> See, perfect. That's all it is. <laughs> well, and, and like I said, uh, you know, I, I think – I, as I've listened to, I, I've listened to some of your podcasts. It's about supporting each other. It's mm-hmm. about creating that network, right? And just sort of saying, "Okay, we got this. We can do it. We yeah. got this, right?" Yeah. So, like I said, so just remember, as you're going through potty training, you get to do it. Not you have to. <laughs> I you get, get to. to. I get. To. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift, just like your children. They're a gift. <laughs> I I get to not buy diapers anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. You get to go buy sh- shoe shopping. Yeah. You get to buy shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I think. Thank you. Uh, it'll go well. Like I said, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, is just just cut yourself some slack. So if it doesn't happen in two weeks, it's okay. Yeah. Right? Like I said. Yeah. 
she'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. So you just don't buy your shoes for another month. It's okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Join the conversation and stay up to date on new episodes on Instagram at she has a name too. She Has a Name Too is a production of Mecco Radio. I, Jericho, was your host and was joined by my new friend, Deb. This episode was edited by Alex Williams. Mecco.